I'm Trent Alexander-Arnold. I'm Curtis Jones. I am Cody Gagbo. Putting on the Liverpool top for the first time, it was a dream come true and I'll never forget that moment. Pre-order the new LFC 24-25 season Nike home kit now. You can pre-order it today for delivery from the 16th of May at your official LFC stores. Online at liverpoolfc.com forward slash store and on the official LFC store app. You will never walk alone. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio, with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms, and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. And welcome to another episode of Post-Conference Presser, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your normal host, Dave Davis, to you, coming to you on the back of pretty thumping win, wasn't it, against Lask on a freezing-ass cold Thursday night at Anfield. And importantly, starting to prepare for Fulham, the visit of Fulham to Anfield on Sunday. So, a bit different these after the Europa, to be honest, people, so... It's not almost a, a full normal press conference, uh, you know, the actor that you'd expect to standard. Because it's after the Europa, Jurgen Klopp sits down, talks about the game itself against last, but then does almost his pre-match press conference for the Fulham games. Testing my teeth there, eh? So, yeah, he did ask a few... Well, he was asked a few questions. He answered a few questions, some interesting ones we'll talk about. And maybe, just maybe... It was in quite a buoyant mood and quite an honest mood after what had happened because it was a pretty good performance, wasn't it? As I'm sure you saw on the Thursday night. So we'll do the normal. We'll go through what he answered in the press conference. We'll look at the clues from the last game, which is not that long ago. Plenty to talk about there. We'll talk about the threats that Fulham bring. We'll talk about predicted lineup for me and the score and scorers. The usual, I'm sure you know the routine by now. So quite a bit that was talked about in all honesty. So the first question that was asked was around Anfield and the power of Anfield and how it's been good and how he's doing well. Kind of a, not a waffle of a question, that's wrong to say, but journalists went into to full depth, fair play. So Jurgen Klopp was honest, said, we always enjoyed it, even in bad spells as well. It must just be a difficult place to come. Every player, if they're not playing at Anfield, different country sees the draw, must be said, oh, we're playing at Anfield, that's a dream but it must be a nightmare for them. That's what we try to do. When our people are added, it makes a massive difference. My best skill around this is not feeling winning streaks. No one tells me about those or I don't look because the next game is always different. I don't think they help, but each game is different because of the quality. Yeah, it's been an interesting one, hasn't it? It was made a, a lot made of this last night, understandably, that the report have now won all 10 games Anfield this season, especially in the Europa, haven't they? They've got a, a hell of a run and a hell of a, a goal difference with the swing. So it's always been good playing same at Anfield. I don't think that's been any of the question marks this season so far. 
But naturally, people are going to lean towards the the ten in a row type of thing, and it can bring a pressure. Like the way people went towards the city, wasn't it? Twenty three in a row in twenty twenty three. So Jurgen Klopp, fair play, I appreciate that. Streaks don't really mean anything. It's just focusing on the next game, which we'll be trying to get their heads right for. Totally understand that. And I agree, and I love what he said. It's exactly what we want Anfield to be, isn't it? A dream to play at, but when you turn up as an opposition player, an absolute nightmare. You want them to feel that wall of sound. You want them to feel that pressure. You want the opposition, the opposition fans, to just feel it, essentially, don't you? So don't really know what else he could have said, you could argue, but still answered it very well. The second part to mention, which I kind of understood this would be coming, and there's something else that I knew would be coming as well, but still good questions to ask, was about Kelleher, you know, first team, how he feels. Gave a bit away on this, Jürgen. Said, no doubt we see him every day. He's an exceptional talent. Maybe we don't mention that name enough. And John Acterberg told me from day one, this is our homegrown boy that will make it. He's focused. You won't see him in the bar tonight celebrating him, for instance. Queevy, interesting nickname. Queevy is operated for that and wants that now. We've had discussions in the summer, but as long as we don't have that solution, we can't loan players if they're homegrown. It's maybe a situation now that he didn't want to have, but now he will get a few games and I trust him. Yeah, interesting with this. Jürgen, I suppose he is homegrown. That factored into maybe the summer's thinking and... I mean, I said the other day, I found at times, especially this season, the idea of Kelleher is better than reality. And I hope that gets, for anyone's jumps on this, I hope it does get smashed down my mouth so far. Thought he played quite well the other night. Didn't have didn't have an enormous amount to do by any means. We were well dominant in that game. But a few saves to make, did a few bits. Again, sometimes you could argue gave the ball away at times, but does Alisson do that? You know, it has to be in that context. So... I would love to see him, and almost a bit like Simicast, maybe if he gets a run, it might help him somewhat. That is what we're all hoping. The biggest revelation maybe that Jürgen gave away, revelation might be a bit strong, I'll let you decide that, but the fact he talked about, we had discussions at the summer, but we couldn't loan him, you know, because we don't have enough players that are homegrown. Then that tells you everything, doesn't he? That they've had a chat, Keller said, I want to play. I want to get out, you know, like loan because you never know when my opportunity comes or they're looking at options, but we can't loan you. We need you homegrown, all those types of things in the squad. I think that pretty much told you that you can debate that, but I think that's pretty clear from what Jürgen says that he may well have wanted out. But what an opportunity for Kelleher. And I know people could jump on that. So, well, Alisson's back he's straight. And of course he is. Alisson is unbelievable, the best goalie in the world. But what a great thing if we've got the best backup keeper in the world, so to speak, or that level that you can get. So this is a real opportunity for Kelleher now. Fingers crossed he takes that. The next question I could have seen coming a mile off based on the result, the score, the scorers. So he was asked about Darwin Nunes and then but Cody Gakpo. Does that make a decision? What's the complexity around that? And I knew that was coming because... Gapo was asked about competition with Nunes in the press conference before this game as well. So it was crystal clear it was going to be coming. Jurgen Klopp answered this really well. It's not about that. The boys don't have to convince me. And no one, as long as no one is awful in shape, we decide for that game. This is the most intense period in world football coming up now. So all will play. And Diogo's not in, so we have to share these minutes with players. It's not always 90, but sometimes still a, a 60 or a 70 full throttle. 
Darwin is in a top moment and that didn't change. It's super important. He's super important. That doesn't mean because he doesn't start tonight, it means anything. And Cody scored twice. Fantastic. Does that mean he has to play or has to play five in a row? And went silent at that point. Other players score as well. And Cody doesn't expect that to happen. That's the job. And that's what they want. But it's not now a situation I have sleepless nights. So not that much of a choice, to be honest, or decision, you could have said. Yeah, I think, it did. again, a bit of a, a, a fair answer, a bit of a revelation. That I think, again, revelation too strong, but people are looking at that, aren't they? It's a natural headline. Nunes didn't score or the other strikers scored. Like, he didn't get minutes. You know, he had a couple of chances. So people will dig into that. Gakpo's getting a few. So is he now your favourite? You know, when it's been Nunes. It's natural things to ask. It's natural sort of things to infer, question the boss on. Whether he likes it or not, they are fair questions. I think he answered it really well. It is the busiest period coming. You've all seen our fixtures. There's a bit of what we call dross with Sheffield United, Burnley. I don't want to include Palace in that, but you know the teams at the bottom who we sometimes struggle with before we get to the end of December. And there's monster fixtures, isn't there? There's the United, the Arsenal, Newcastle, all at Anfield. So there is a bit of a dead rubber now, and it's like, God, it is a dead rubber in the Europa. But yeah, it's rotation. I think if you're honest, you will all have opinions. My opinion is, I don't see just because of last night that Cody Gakpo is now the first choice striker. Still think if you look at the the evidence of this season for me, Darwin Nunes is still the main number nine. And you probably guess who I'm going to pick for the starting lineup come Sunday. So take that into consideration as well. But exactly as Jürgen said, it's the right thing to do. He wants them all fit. He wants them all firing. He wants to have to make those decisions. And he wants like we've had. And part of the reason we've been doing so well this season, people, how good has that bench been? That bench has made an impact, especially the likes of, and you know, it's not really mentioned today, but Harvey Elliott, others, especially the forward line, coming on, getting goals, making a difference. That is what we need if it's going to be a good brackets, quote unquote, season. Okay. And then it looked a bit grumbly about this, but not too much. I understand this question completely before anyone jumps on it. Tiago said, you know, what's the latest on Tiago? Nothing's changed. It look like there's a worry asking me this. Said he needs time and that's that. We see him every day. He's still a fantastic guy who's working hard to get back and that's it. Yes, I know, Jürgen. Please, please be clear on this for anyone's wondering. And think that, you know, I cover these press conferences, we talk about them. The last time he was asked in detail, it was kind of parked. The phrase, yeah, this time, four weeks. And he gave a timeline, which is getting towards now where you'd expect Thiago to be getting onto the pitch. Even if it's like running, that type of thing, that update. It, it is. He said that. So people are starting to look and go, right, let's mark that for the start of December. Is this you now ready? So when he looks perturbed, the other element is, we know, just being honest, Jürgen A doesn't give accurate descriptions or timeframes, however you want to call it. Sometimes just outright lies, it feels as well. That's not a dig. It's his choice. He wants to do that. You know, the rationale for that is up to him. But it's natural. It's a valid question. It also doesn't indicate that what we'd want, that if we're thinking Thiago back for Jan, start of December, I mean, you've got to remember, he's had no pre-season, long-term injury, you know, and reoccurrence of an injury, all those types of things. He's going to need a lot of time to get up to speed, never mind before he's playing a full 90 and that that type of thing. So it's right to ask, is he close? Because you then start to formulate 
like I do, you might see it differently. Is he going to be ready for Jan? When is he going to be ready for? We said it, and I've said it in other pods. There's a lot of question marks over this. So it's a good, it's a valid, it's a fair question for a journo to ask in that regard. So moving on as we do to normally, clues from the last game. Clues from the last game. I mean, 4-0 could have been more, probably weren't clinical enough. Yes, last had their moments, but Liverpool were well dominant, weren't they? I think the possession stats told that. The shots on goal, even by the first half, were, were incredible. And probably were more dominant in the first and the second, but that's to be expected with subs. People not wanting to bust a gut too much. I don't know how you phrase it, but a couple for Gappo, Diaz with the opener, Salah penalty. I mean, a night where you're not really talking too much about Mo Salah and a goal and assist. That's just Mo Salah, isn't it? 199. Incredible. Incredible. Honest assessment is, I like this one. I think Jürgen set it up well of what he expected from the players. And after City, it was good to get back at home and just have a, I don't want to say easy, that's wrong to say, but the weakest team in the group, the facts just show that they're at the bottom of the table. They kind of, kind of tried to take us on a little bit toe-for-toe, toe, don't they? they? They went for it, which suits Liverpool. Like, yeah, if you want to have a go at taking us on toe-for-toe, toe, we'll play that game all day long as Thursday night, however cold it was, proved. We normally ask, does anyone play their way in and out? I don't think too much here. There's people that shone, and it's important to say that, the youngsters. Kwanzaa, superb. So calm on the ball, isn't he? So, so calm on the ball. He made challenges. I mean, Christ, by the first minute alone, I think he'd made four headed clearances, four aerial duels, however that's marked. Unbelievable. Harvey Elliott as well. On another night, has two assists for Mo Salah, doesn't he? He's more clinical in those areas. I think that was, it's going to sound strange, but for me, the best start for Harvey. He's had a lot of cameos where he's done well, but as a start for Harvey, it's not always go, gone perfect. And you look back to that Brighton game where he gets taken off at half-time, don't you? So, that was his best start. I thought he played well. Do they play their way in? Not for me, but it's important to note them. Some people played well in terms of the forward line and how it will work. So here's what I honestly think about who's played their way in and out. Simicas, good for him to do that. It gets into a bit of a routine. I know people are saying risk injuries and the strong subs. That helps. Others, don't be so sure about Gakpo. Is he your first, ask yourself now, after that, is he your first choice forward? Is two goals getting first choice forward? That's not a dig at him. That's not a dig at Darwin. It's just an important thing to ask yourself. Have they played their way into that starting lineup? The midfield as well. You know, people get carried away, I think, sometimes on things. Gravenberg was good. He wasn't bad. He wasn't brilliant. He was just good. You know, DC wasn't, you know, wasn't really a standout or a shine. Endo, a decent performance, a really decent performance for him. Didn't necessarily do anything wrong, thought it was progressive, won some good jewels, etc. Ask yourself honestly, though, are you going to take McAllister or Zabozlai out for that? You might obviously see it differently, but yeah. So when we talk about playing their way in, I don't think anyone did anything wrong. They did well. I'm Trent Alexander-Arnold. I'm Curtis Jones. I am Cody Gagbo. Putting on the Liverpool top for the first time, it was a dream come true and I'll never forget that moment. Pre-order the new LFC 24-25 season Nike home kit now. 
You can pre-order it today for delivery from the 16th of May at your official LFC stores. Online at liverpoolfc.com forward slash store and on the official LFC store app. You will never walk alone. Playing the way in. Struggling to see too many, but we'll see if you agree with my formation and lineup when it comes round. Fulham as well, an interesting side. They're the ones who visit. I mean, it's almost a contradiction at times that people say Fulham are a good team, and they are a good team, but they're 14th in the league. They've only won four this season. They've only scored 13 goals. That's their big problem. They've only scored 13 goals against conceding 22 in the league. As well, if you're honest, you look at that last game against Wolves where you can imagine if Gary O'Neill had just started to punch up in there dressing room or, you know, just set a flamethrower at the PGMOL, what would you really complain about? But they win that with two penalties where you're thinking, hmm, put it that way. So a fortunate win, I would say, against Wolves the other night through some interesting refereeing assistance. Jürgen mentioned them as well. He said, you know, they're creative with, especially we have to watch through set pieces. So that is a threat to talk about. Said Marco Silva, the top manager and doing a top job. I don't know where this name came from, but he then said, he didn't say Willian, by the way. He said, oh, the little curly one. I don't know why. But yeah, Willian, one of the greatest players the Premier League has ever seen, and he's still doing it. I mean, he got a few penalties. He's had a good season for Fulham. The little curly one, I mean, he's got a magnificent head of hair, Willian. It's still, you know, I'd be jealous of it. He's a magnificent head of hair. Just when people say little, I know he's not the tallest, but Again, try not to dig him in. They all remember seeing him in that Arsenal shirt. I don't think anyone would have used the word little, and I appreciate I'm not Greg Luganis myself. I appreciate for my audience of a certain age, no idea I'm talking about. So Hercules, maybe for the younger ones, ask your dad if you're not sure about Greg Luganis. There's that element, but yeah, that's what Jurgen Klopp called him. And he scored a couple in his last game. So you've got that to factor in. You also factor in with Fulham, they're not the best away. They've won one game away in the league. They've drawn three. They've lost three. Talked about not scoring many goals. I mean, the fact that Willian gets two penalties in that last game, that takes in their top scorer for the season with three. They've got a hell of a lot of players on two, like Vinicius, Decord over Reed, I think Paline, is he, you know, on the score sheet, that type of thing. They're missing Mitrovic, aren't they? Let's be honest. They sold him for big money to Saudi. A few came in, like Raul Jimenez, but it's not really... You know, Vinicius, it's not really worked, has it? They've lost their main source of goals and they don't seem to replace it. Hence, why they are in the bottom half as opposed to the top half of the table with their style of football. Because there's a lot to like about Fulham and they are difficult to beat. I know people are going to say, oh, 20, hold on, you said they've got 22 goals. I mean, they, they've had some tough games at times this season. They've been to some tough away places. It's always going to be tough for you when you can't score because you can have possession, but if you can't put it in the net. And they've still got great players like People will debate if we should be interested in Palinia and that type of thing. You know, it looks like he's nailed on for Bayern. Threats are there, but you'll probably see what I mean when I come on to the, the score and scorers. But for me, predicted lineup and formation, Keller's the only one, so he starts. It'll be back to Trent at right back. Simicast will stay at left back to help get that run. VVD's obviously back in. And Matip. Canate. As Jurgen Klopp said, was on medical advice, couldn't play the full 90. So there's no chance he's playing or starting on Sunday. Also, if you were deadly honest, I think you have to look at the form at the moment. 
you cannot say by any means, oh, Canate is clearly the key partner for Virgil at the moment. You might have that preference. I would understand that. But on form, solely on form at the moment, Joel Matic makes a strong case to be Virgil van Dijk's partner. He was brilliant against Manchester City. He's almost having a, an Indian summer to his career because I mean, last season it was hopeless at times. Let's not dress it up at all. But this season, he's been important when he's played and he's played well, especially against City. He was in the man of the match contenders, wasn't he? If you're deadly honest, I know Trent got it because of the goal, but he was there calm, composed, and especially in a team like, or a Fulham, where you might need someone who can step out from the back and bring it that way, change the angle of attack, Joel Matip can do that. So, yes, yeah, an interesting one to talk about, isn't it? Would you have Matip or Canate as VVD's first choice partner? At the moment, and it doesn't mean always stays the same, to be clear, I think Matip makes a strong, compelling case. So that's your back four. Midfield, McAllister and Zabozlayan, they're fresh. Curtis Jones for me as well. Grav did okay the other night. Okay, he wasn't bad, he wasn't great. I know he's had a great Europa League so far, hasn't he? But Curtis, yeah, he's back after City. I know people are going to say, well, he wasn't brilliant against City and he gets taken off for Grav, he makes the goal. I'm not debating that at all, but needs the run of games, needs the minutes rotation. So quite happy with Curtis Jones for me. Then you come to the forward line, Salazman. Don't even need to talk about that. But it's then the other two, isn't it? And the people will debate this now after what happened. For me, Nunes. You start with Nunes. He's been in good form for club, country. People say he's not got a load of goals recently. He's played well. He's making a big impact this season. He does seem a bit of a confidence player. He probably needs one to go in at the same time because it either seems to be blam a world-class goal or, you know, miss a, a sitter, I get that. So it'd just be good for him to play and score somehow, even if it's from close range or whatever in this one. But based on, you know, the pressing, the overall work, just because Gakpo's got two doesn't mean, you know, he's straight into the team. I think it's still Nunes' shirt to lose at the moment, but it's good that Gakpo's applying that pressure. On the left-hand side, well, there's no Diogo Jota, is there? We know from that injury update, that sounds like it's going to be quite a while, 2024 sometime. So Luis Diaz, I mean, he scored a great header. He's brilliant in the air, Luis Diaz. He gets under under-recognised, but not enough mention. I mean, there was that game against Bournemouth a couple of, well, last season, sorry, where he gets two brilliant headers in that 9-0 thumping. Look at the midweek break or the mid... Yeah, it was midweek, call it that, the last international break with Colombia. Scores two headed goals against Brazil. He has a fantastic lead and the power he put on that header the other night it's an underrated quality. I do feel at times when you see that, you think, okay, when the ball's out right, which we do do the overload on the right a lot, maybe we should be encouraging him to really get in there more, get more headed goals because he's got the skills and everything. It's probably his output we question sometimes about Luis Diaz, but he's had a horrendous period and yeah, hopefully the Diaz family and Papa Diaz especially will be in attendance at Anfield. So that's my lineup. Kelleher, Trent, Matic, BVD, Simicast, McAllister, Zaboslai, Jones, Salah, Nunes, Diaz. And it still leaves options on the bench, people. There's still Gakpo to come on. There's still Harvey Elliott. There's still Grab. There's real options there on the bench. Which brings me to my score and scorers. It's that period where I'm happy if it's 1 0. If you don't create, you know, we, just, we just grind it, you know, with no injuries. That's the big thing, isn't it? No injuries. That's something I'd like. But Maybe it's the heart talking. Maybe I'm excited a bit heavy after last night. 
I think it will be 3 0. I do think that. I think it will be 3 0. And I think Mo Salah will open the scoring. And the reason I'm saying Mo Salah will open the scoring, I'm sure you all clocked it 199 Liverpool goals now. I reckon he gets to 200. And don't be surprised if he whips off the top to reveal the demigod body that he walks around with and go from there. But yeah, I'm, I just expect Mo Salah to hit. 200 goals in this one. So that is my honest prediction. 3-0, Salah. Ladies and gents, so there'll be the normal shows, won't there? There'll be Raw with the guys after the the Fulham game on Sunday. There'll be your normal shows over the weekend to keep uh, an eye out for. But that was another post-conference presser at Anfield Index. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.